ladies and gentlemen, the Conservative Daily Podcast is back. And as we watch the Biden White House fall apart, Max will tell us all about it right now. Welcome back. Hour two of the Conservative Daily Podcast. A couple things I want to mention because we got a little bit a little bit off track, but important stuff to cover with Cuba and with South Africa. A couple bits I, I didn't get to mention before. So I want to get there before we just completely walk away from Trump's speech. Obviously, Trump went after Bill Barr. We're learning more about Bill Barr, specifically that Bill Barr forbid U.S. attorneys to to investigate election crimes. And now we actually know some of those. I mean, that had been we've been hearing that in rumors. Now we actually know which of those U.S. attorneys are coming forward. It's actually one of the Pennsylvania U.S. attorneys. Go ahead. Go to my screen, Mr. Producer. AG Barr forbid investigations into 2020 elections per U.S. attorney from Pennsylvania. And Trump kind of took him to task on this during his speech, mentioning that he had stopped it. Uh, it's, it's that interesting paradox, the interesting circular logic of Bill Barr didn't investigate election fraud because he didn't see any election fraud because he didn't search for any election fraud. Right? It's just a circular argument. Round and round we go. Now we're starting to hear more about that. And the, one of the U.S. attorneys from Pennsylvania is coming out here and blowing the whistle. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. I, I assume that that's not going to be the last we hear from it. Other news, <clears throat> in case you didn't know this, the GOP is full of snakes. So a, a claim, a story got kind of got leaked out, which was that Giuliani was uh, was getting pushback from the RNC, the Republican National Committee, the the GOP, the the whole apparatus of the GOP that the Trump shouldn't be fighting, should just accept the election. And Giuliani responded to the RNC's chief counsel, who the F do you think you are? And told him to resign. Now the RNC is denying that this ever happened, right? The RNC is saying, oh, this is just tabloid trash. They're expecting that Trump's team will do the same, but Trump's team is not. They're saying, actually, no, this this is true. The RNC refused to even work with us, right? The RNC was, was telling us to stop. Um, and one of the people who are pushing back on that RNC talking point is Jenna Ellis. Jenna Ellis was a, a lawyer for the Trump campaign. Um, and she's pushing back on it. And this is how you know that she is being successful. Today, the head of the GOP uh, Romney's, Ronna McDaniel, Romney's cousin or whatever. Um, she blocked <laughs> Jenna Ellis on Twitter. So you know that they are, they're getting a little scared, but that's, that's, that's the RNC in a nutshell. Um, RNC fundraised millions of dollars on fighting <coughs> election fraud. They, they spent the days after the election raising mega, mega bucks. They never did. They never actually fought any of those fights. They did everything they could to undermine Donald Trump's own efforts for those fights. They continue to use Donald Trump's name to fundraise, and they undermine him every step of the way. So uh, it was very interesting that they thought the Trump team was going to back them up on the, oh, that's just that's just a liberal spin. But no, the Trump team's like, no, actually, you didn't give us any help, and you deserve all, everything you are getting. All right, let's get into <laughs> some of this from the Biden White House. Because there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I watched Fridays after the fact because it goes live right before we go to air. I watched it, the press conference with Circle Back Girl Jen Psaki. And it's really, she's saying stuff that should be nationwide news. I mean, it, she's making policy positions. She's taking policy positions that if Donald Trump's administration had taken them, the mainstream media would bury him for it. I mean, she's starting to get really tough questions from, yeah, conservative reporters, but also from liberal and kind of middle of the road reporters, too, who are tired of just being seen as, as carrying the water for the Biden administration. <clears throat> this, this cut I'm about to play, she literally admis- and admits that Joe Biden supports critical race theory. Critical race theory, as we've covered on the podcast and explain the past, just to give you a brief aside, critical race theory is this curriculum being taught in schools at all levels. The It's basically the idea that the American history has to be taught through a lens of race. 
And it's important to understand different parts in US history through that lens so that you can understand that white people are evil. <laughs> I don't want to bury the lead, but that's basically what they're getting to. White people are evil. Men are evil, right? It's the white male patriarchy. Cisgendered white male patriarchy. Don't want to get it wrong. That's what critical race theory is. It's that white people are evil. All of the ills and pains that we face in our country right now are caused by white people. And uh, all, we'd all be better off without them. That, that, that's it in a nutshell. Critical race theory. And it's become a complete hot, hot potato. Even Democrats are starting to understand, I don't want to be caught holding this hot potato. Well, Jen Psaki admits that Biden supports it. Let's play cut number 10. Uh, delegates of the National Education Association, they approved a measure last week calling for support of, quote, the implementation of culturally responsive education, critical race theory, and ethics studies curriculum in pre-K through 12 and higher education. Um, the president is obviously a big fan of education. Uh, the first lady is a teacher. She's a, a union teacher. I'm wondering, what are the president's thoughts on anti-racism curriculum in the classroom? Well, the president believes that in our history, uh, there are many dark moments, and there is not just slavery and racism in our history, there is systemic racism that is still impacting society today. And he believes, as I believe, as a parent of children, that kids should learn about our history. Uh, so as a, the, the spouse of an educator and as somebody who is, continues to believe that children should learn uh, not just the good, but also the challenging in our history. And that's part of what we're talking about here, even as it's become politically charged. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Go ahead. So yeah, she believes in history. We're, we're, we support critical race theory because we believe in history. I, wa I want to give you an example of of uh critical race theory in action so we we don't know so so if, if you study the railroad i don't i don't want to get too in the weeds i can already hear people say railroad your eyes glaze over and people are escaping running away from the podcast as fast as possible just stay i, I want to explain just a little anecdote and show you what how critical race theory would would differ from typical American history curriculum. So if you were taking American history, at least when I took American history, which is longer, longer ago than I probably want to admit, um, we were taught about the railroad and we were taught that the railroad was built to facilitate manifest destiny. Manifest destiny was the theory, was the idea that America is great and America deserves to, to basically spread from sea to shining sea and America deserves to control the North American continent. North American continent from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean. So Manifest Destiny was that it's Americans, America's destiny to spread westward and to control that other territory until we can't spread any longer. Joke's on them, we got Hawaii. <laughs> so they, they basically, the way American history was taught was that in, in an effort to connect different parts of this, this growing country, we built the railroad. And the railroad was an incredible undertaking right, for its time to connect the Atlantic to the Pacific, incredible undertaking. And it was it was done largely, um, not entirely, but largely using immigrant labor. And many of those immigrants were Asian, Amer Asian immigrants who were working on the railroad. Lots of Americans did as well. They went to join the railroad to make their fortune. And sometimes they weren't treated well, they were treated very poorly, just as at the time, many big businesses treated their workers, many factories treated their workers very poorly. Um, but if you could stick around, you could actually, you could make a fortune. You could change your stars. You could change the future for your family. So that's the way American history used to be taught, that we built the railroad. We went from sea to science, right? The way that critical race theory teaches the, the building of the railroad is by quite simply saying, we still don't know how many Asians were killed to facilitate building the railroad. We still don't know how many were killed. Anywhere from 50 to 1,200 Asian workers were killed, worked to death to build the railroad. The railroad is built on racism. Every time, every time you flip a light switch on, recognize that that light switch is probably powered by a coal fire power plant and recognize that the coal that, that keeps that plant running was likely brought there by rail and understand that that coal probably traversed a section of the railroad that was literally built on the bodies of dead Asian immigrants. I mean, th th that's the critical race theory version. So no, it's not wrong, it's not inaccurate to say that yes, Asians, like everyone else working on the railroad, were very mistreated. 
and many of them were worked to death. That's absolutely true. I'm just and I and I mentioned briefly in, in the first in the in the regular American history version of how that kind of curriculum would work. So yes, workers were mistreated as workers in the time period were. That helped lead to the unionization movement, which in the terms of that stopping children from being killed in factory conditions. Yes, unions are very good for doing that. Um, not so much when you talk about teachers unions and public sector unions. But I just want to show you the difference between regular American history curriculum and what we see from critical race theory, because it really is a different way of looking at it. Critical race theory looks at everything through the lens of race. They look at everything through the lens of race and they, they basically settle on, this is terrible. Like, oh yes, they signed the Declaration of Independence, but did you know that they didn't free the slaves at the same time? Did you know that many of them owned slaves, right? So instead of talking about the amazing part uh, the amazing parts of American history, they reduce it down to the lowest common denominator and only talk about the bad. Now, I'm all for talking about the warts. We, we should study American history, warts and all. We should study the bad. I mean, that's why I support keeping Confederate statues up, not because I'm a Confederate, I'm a white supremacist. We need to teach history, right? Americans need to know their history. And that history is taught by leaving those statues up so that they can be educated about what those statues meant, what, who those people were, how they were very flawed people. They weren't just automatically racist, very flawed people. We did that, that history deserves to be taught. Instead, the left says, okay, we're going to take all the statues down. We're not going to let you read that because we don't trust you to understand the nuance of history. Very, very similar to what happened in post-World War I, pre-World War II, Germany burning all of the books of the undesirables because they didn't want that kind of that kind of let those kind of lessons, those kind of plays, those kind of poems to be taught to anyone, right? No, we just don't want, don't even learn about it, just burn it. Very similar to what's happening here, but critical race theory is basically looking at everything through the worst possible lens, and it's a racial lens. Every single story in American history involves racism in some way, and you're a terrible person if you celebrate those holidays, except for Juneteenth. Juneteenth is the only holiday you can celebrate. <clears throat> so that's basically critical race theory in a nutshell, and we now know that Joe Biden supports it. We also learned from Jen Psaki, the circle back girl, that apparently Republican efforts around the country to protect the integrity of elections is the worst threat to democracy since the Civil War. I kid you not. Let's go ahead, Mr. Producer. This is the last clip I sent you. This should be cut number 20. Is strategy to tackle this issue beyond the speech tomorrow? Sure. Well, first, um, well, thank you for the question, uh, because he's very focused on this speech tomorrow, one that he himself wanted to deliver. Um, he'll lay out the moral case for why denying the right to vote is a form of suppression and a form of silencing, and how he will use, he will redouble his commitment to using every tool at his disposal to continue to fight to protect the fundamental right of Americans to vote against the onslaught of voter suppression laws based on a dangerous and discredited conspiracy theory that culminated in assault on our capital. He'll call out the greatest irony of the big lie is that no election in our history has met such a high standard, with over 80 judges, including those appointed by his predecessor, throwing out all challenges. He'll also decry efforts to strip the right to vote as authoritarian and anti-American. Uh, as a uh, and stand up against the notion that politicians should be allowed to choose their voters or to subvert our system by replacing independent election authorities with partisan ones. And he will highlight the work of the administration against this, the necessity of passing the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, and how we need to work together with civil rights organizations to build as broad a turnout and voter education system to overcome the worst challenge to our democracy since the Civil War. So this is an opportunity for him to make the case to the American people about how... So this is... There's so much to unpack there. There's so much to unpack there. Just towards the end, she mentions that that politicians should not be allowed to replace nonpartisan election officials with partisan ones. And I'm like, well, have you watched any of the news? Have you read any of the new breaking news stories? Stacey Abrams, who to this day believes that she's the rightful governor of Georgia, to this day believes she had the election stolen from her, notice that she's not being suspended from YouTube. She's allowed to challenge her election to this day. Not, we're not allowed to challenge Trump's election. Just want to make sure we all got that. Stacey Abrams is involved with an, with a staffing company called Happy Faces. 
Happy Faces. Happy Faces, among other things, was used to staff Fulton County, Georgia's election volunteers and staffers. So when Fulton County, Georgia said, we need people to count the ballots, they went to Happy Faces, which is connected to Stacey Abrams, and they hired people. As we've covered on the show, those people have done some really shady stuff, allegedly counting ballots multiple times, hiding ballots underneath the table, lying to get all the observers and the challengers out of the room, saying we're done counting for the night. There was a water main burst. Everyone leaves. You lock the door. You slide the ballots out from under the table, and you start counting the same ballots over and over and over again. It just conveniently happens to have happened at the same time Joe Biden had the massive spike in votes that gave him his victory. Um, So they say Republicans shouldn't be allowed to decide who's counting the votes, but the Democrats have already been doing that. Democrats have already been doing that. You you look at Wayne County, Michigan. We've covered this on the show. 70 some odd percent of Wayne County's um, precincts are not recountable, meaning they are unbalanced. When they they finally say, okay, election's over. We've crunched all numbers. This is it. They put them in the little baggies. They sealed it. They submitted it. They didn't balance the books. There are more votes than voters or more voters than votes, right? In 70% of Wayne County's precincts, that has been happening for decades. That is to make sure it can never be recounted. In a close election, they would not be allowed to recount Wayne County. All those votes would just have to stand as is. Those are Democrat poll workers. Democrats have been picking the poll workers in inner cities for decades. As soon as the Republicans say, well, wait a minute, you shouldn't just be able to pick someone from Stacey Abrams' staffing firm. You should probably have to have a bipartisan, at least have a couple of Republicans in there. You hear from the White House, <clears throat> biggest threat to democracy since the Civil War. Incredible. Incredible, incredible, incredible stuff. So this next one is Jen Psaki being asked about Joe Biden's door-to-door vaccination push, which we've been covering on the podcast. We've been covering in our facts blast the last, last couple of days. Joe Biden wants government officials, whether they be federal or they be state and local volunteers working on behalf of the federal government, to be going door to door and pressuring unvaccinated Americans into getting vaccinated. Now, Joe and I, we, we argue back and forth on just vaccines in general. But something I've said from the very beginning is I don't care whether you get vaccinated or not. I don't care. It's up to you. It's a decision for you to make in concert with your family and your doctor to decide whether you think that's right for you. And if you don't want to get it, fine. Don't. I don't care. Right? It's up to you. It's never the government. It's never my job. I don't want to know. It's none of my business. And it's none of the government's business either. But when Joe Biden says we want you to go door to door to the people who were unvaccinated, stop a second and think about what that means. That means they're either going to be wasting government resources and knocking on everyone's door, or they already know who isn't vaccinated. Think about it. How do you knock on everyone's door who's unvaccinated if you don't know which doors to knock and which doors to skip? So either they're going to be knocking on everyone's door, or they already have the data in a database. (laughs) More likely the latter, right? More likely the latter. So Republicans have been like, whoa, whoa, what? You're going to go door to door and you're going to pressure unvaccinated Americans into getting vaccinated? Well, that doesn't seem like it's... Show me where in the Constitution you can find that power listed in Article 2. Well, they say, well, you stop there, which is why you start talking to the the Biden administration about this. They they admit, it's like, oh, it's not going to be us. It's going to be our partners. It doesn't matter. If they're federalized, if they're doing it on behalf of the federal government, if they're relaying that information, that data to the federal government, they might as well be federal actors, right? This is how Biden, this is how Obama have gotten around so many, like, roadblocks. Like Obama's like, oh, I can't get gun control through Congress. Okay. Let's have the UN try and do it. Biden's doing that and he's doing the opposite. Oh, I, I, I can't go door to door and hound people for not getting the vaccine. I'll just have, I'll just have state and local governments do that. <clears throat> Doesn't change the fact that they are still federal actors. Just like when Twitter suspends someone because the government asked them to, they are state actor. The same is true if you're going door to door on behalf of the federal government. Well, Jen Psaki didn't like the questioning about Biden's door-to-door campaign, and she made a pretty inflammatory statement. She claimed that anyone who opposes Biden's goons going door-to-door, anyone who opposes the idea of the federal government having a database of, of, of individuals, because we're not just talking about regions, right? We're not just talking about, <clears throat> oh, this, we know based on the numbers that this zip code, 50% are unvaccinated. 
So, okay, we're just going to find this 50%. No, they're talking about go- targeted, targeted strike force going door to door to door. If you're against the idea of the government having a database where they know every single American's personal, private medical information, if you're against that, she says you're literally killing people. I, I-, I kid you not. Her talking point is that if you oppose door-to-door vaccination push, if you oppose the creation of such a database, you are literally killing other people. Let's play cut 11. There's still pushback about the president's comments about going door-to-door to Mm -hmm. to encourage vaccinations. The South Carolina governor said today that enticing, coercing, intimidating, mandating, or pressuring anyone to take a vaccine is a bad policy that will deteriorate the public trust and confidence in the state's efforts. And Governor McMaster said he's going to prohibit the state health agency from using the administration's targeted tactics. Can you respond to the governor and explain what it is that is being done and what is not being done in this outreach? Well, let me first say that the failure to provide accurate public health information, including the efficacy of vaccines and the accessibility of them uh, to people across the country, including South Carolina, is literally killing people. So maybe they should consider that. But I would say that what this is and what is it is not, this is not federal employees going door to door. This is grassroots volunteers. This is members of the clergy. These are volunteers who believe that people across the country, especially in low vaccinated areas, should have accurate information, should have information about where they can get vaccinated, where they can save their own lives and their neighbors' lives and their family members' lives. That's exactly what this is. It's something that's been going on since April, and it's something where we've seen an impact in states where there are lower vaccination rates. So it is something we will continue to uh, to work with local groups to do, and it's a disservice to the country and to the people who may lose their lives, who may lose family members, to provide inaccurate disinformation at a moment where we're still fighting a pandemic. Literally killing people. Literally killing people if you're against the notion of us going, of us, ha- no, she said this has been happening since April. Oh, well, we've been doing this since April. Why are you guys all up in arms about it? And it's not technically federal employees. We've We've deputized state and local officials, or they're acting on their own volition, and they're just funneling all that data to us. Why are you guys all up in arms? We've been doing this since since April. Uh, what? Oh, if, if you disagree, you're literally killing people. Huh. Where have you heard that before? I mean, we, we, <laughs> we heard that from Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York. Turns out he was the person doing the killing. Not us. He was the person doing the killing. I don't know if you saw this last week, Andrew Cuomo said that he wants to tackle gun violence the same way that he tackled COVID-19, which if you live in New York, that means please call your grandparents, call your parents, make sure they're okay, because apparently he's going to kill more elderly people. No, I mean, those are his words. He's going to tackle gun violence the same way he tackled COVID-19. Apparently he's going to kill some grandparents. Apparently that's the way he does it. Incredible. Incredible. Well, I, I, I want to mention... <clears throat> while we're talking about people going door to door, while we're talking about your health records, we got to mention this podcast is sponsored by Air Medicare Network. Air Medicare Network, they keep renewing because you guys keep buying it because it's common sense stuff. We had a guest last week. He heard he heard the ad and he was like, wow, that, that's pretty good. Yeah. Anyone who's ever been taken to a hospital by an ambulance, you know how expensive that is. Hundreds of dollars. I mean, 600, 700, 800, I don't even know how much it is nowadays. I know a decade ago it was like five, 600 bucks to go to the hospital. Insane. Well, if you, if you put some, some uh, rotors on that ambulance, you turn it into a helicopter, it only becomes more expensive. I'm talking over 50 grand in some cases. It could bankrupt you. And, and who wants to actually put their, their, their financial future on the line? You shouldn't have to choose between whether you get the life-saving medical care you need or whether you go bankrupt. You shouldn't have to balance that. AirMedCare Network exists to make sure you don't have to. When you sign up to become an AirMedCare Network member, you'll pay $85. That's going to cover you for one year. It's less if you're a senior citizen. It's less if you buy three or five years at a time. But if you pay the $85, you'll not only get coverage for yourself, but your, your spouse, your entire household. So if any of them ever needs to be airlifted to a hospital, as long as they're flown by an AMCM provider, they won't pay a cent for it. This is truly insurance. It's a rainy day fund. It's the kind of thing you hope you never need, should you need it, you'll be glad that you did. AMCM providers in the last year alone have flown over 100,000 patients aboard helicopters to a hospital. Don't risk being one of those and not having this coverage. So go to our go to the website in the link in the description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, 
And here's the bonus. When you use promo code daily, you're going to get $50 back in the form of an e-gift card, up to $50 back, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmakecarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to, had to put that in there. Make sure I got that before we lost any other possible ability for a segue. So yeah, you're literally killing people if you oppose Biden's goons going door to door. And this is why it's terrifying to me. And I did post it in the description. I posted the link in the Facebook comment section and on DLive. Uh, I'll go ahead and post it on the Twitch comment section as well. The reason we're up up in arms against this door-to-door vaccination push is, is quite simple, right? The only reason to create a registry of who is vaccinated and who isn't is to either reward the vaccinated, punish the unvaccinated, or some combination of the two. So this is very, the same reason we were against vaccine passports. The idea of every American having to have this card and share their private medical information in order to enjoy basic freedoms and liberties, it's as un-American as it gets. Well, this database that they're creating by going door to door, not all that different. Not all that different. And we covered this last week. Fauci made a comment that the media, the fact checkers immediately said, oh, that's out of context. Fauci said, there's probably going to end up being two Americas, not a literal civil war, not a literal demarcation line drawn on the maps. But he said, two Americas, there's going to be some parts of the country where they have high vaccination rates, some parts with low vaccination rates. And and the not so subtle gist would be that the places with high vaccination rates would have more rights and liberties, places with lower levels wouldn't. So we were like, whoa, that's that's a really inflammatory thing to say. The fact checkers don't know, he's out of context, out of context, out of context. Just days later, they're creating this registry. And just like a gun registry is only ever used for gun confiscations, a vaccination registry would only ever be used to either punish people who are unvaccinated, reward people who are, or some combination of the two. That's why we're against this. And if you're against it too, if you haven't already, join up with our Facts Blast. We ran it yesterday. I put the link in the description. I'll post it again. Uh, it's pinned on Facebook. I'll post it again on DLive. This is about as un-American as it gets. About as un-American as it gets. Going door to door, pressuring people to make a medical decision when you're not even a doctor. I mean, what the hell? Come on. And then creating this registry with obvious nefarious potential uses. So yeah, join the Facts Plus if you want to fight back against it because this is a this is a really important and really big fight. <clears throat> so Saki also got some questions about Hunter Biden. Lots to do with Hunter Biden in the news. This question was about Hunter Biden's business dealings in Mexico, which I covered on an episode last last week. We went almost the entire episode. Joe got on and the topic kind of changed a little bit. Before he went on, I, I laid it all out for you, how this is a literal smoking gun for quid pro quo. He admits it in one of his own emails. Saki gets asked the question and she just brushes it aside. Let's play cut 12. As a candidate, uh, President Biden said, and I'm quoting, uh, quote, I've uh, never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings, but recently photographs and documents have called that into question. Uh, in 2015, uh, President Biden as vice president met at Cafe Milano uh, with his son's Ukrainian, Russian, and Kazakhstani business associates one day before a Burisma executive thanked the first son for the opportunity to meet his father. And also in 2015, as vice president, uh, the president hosted at the Naval Observatory uh, Mexican Business Associates Hunter Biden before uh, Hunter Biden emailed these associates from Air Force Two the next year going to Mexico. So I have kind of a two-part question. Um, was President Biden indeed unaware that his son was pursuing business opportunities with these people he met? And also, uh, according to recent reporting, uh, the first son still has a stake in a Chinese investment company. When is he going to unload that? I, on the last part, he's working to unload that. I'd point you to his representatives. The president does not discuss business dealings with family members, and otherwise I'm not going to respond to Rudy Giuliani's lawyer. Um, go ahead in the back. Not going to respond because Rudy Giuliani's lawyer said it. We're not going to respond. And I'm not sure if he she, – she meant to say that Joe Biden does not discuss Hunter Biden's business dealings with Hunter Biden. But the way that came out was that Joe Biden does not discuss – his Hunter Biden's business dealings, which might have just been, I might be looking too far into that, but that seemed more of an answer to, he's not going to talk to you about it because he doesn't talk to you about it, instead of the traditional answer, which was that he doesn't talk to Hunter Biden about it. That might, I might just be getting too nitpicky with that. <clears throat> but Hunter, what Hunter Biden did with the Mexican billionaires, Carlos Slim, 
and others, bringing them into the vice president's office, getting that sit down, expecting something in return. We know he expected something in return because he emailed the billionaire's son complaining that, that a, a stay at their villa wasn't good enough. He needs more. He brought them to the White House. He brought them to the inauguration, vice president's office. He deserves more for that. But the White House won't comment because the White House doesn't talk to you about Hunter Biden's business scandals. Hold on, Max. What do you think, Josh? Well, did we did they ever ask Trump about his kids' business dealings? I mean, was there ever a topic of conversation where like, hey, Mr. President Trump, uh, all are time. your kids do? OK, so that happened, right? All I, time. I was just clear. Just give me my memory back here. All time. But Joe Biden gets a pass because he's talking about his poor little kid. Yeah. Is, is that what it is? Yeah. I mean, isn't Biden his son older than me? His son's uh, lost. He's like 40. I don't I don't I don't want to uh, I don't want to give away the next clip. But Hunter Biden's son has the right. Sorry, Hunter, Hunter Biden, as Joe Biden's son, has the right to a. Oh, where'd you go, Josh? Where'd Mr. Producer Josh go? Sorry, I thought somebody was opening the door behind me. <clears throat> and the last oh. thing that everybody needs oh. to see is how we make the sausage. Yeah, yeah. That's very true. That's very true. Very, very true. Um, so the White House said that Hunter Biden should be allowed to have whatever profession he wants and that you shouldn't be criticizing his right to earn a living, even though it's very obvious that there's there's corruption involved. Uh, but, you know, obviously there's a double standard between Hunter Biden and, and Donald Trump. Donald Trump's kids, his businesses were constantly in the news. Could Hunter you imagine Biden, not so much. if Trump said my kid does art and it doesn't matter who buys it, they would search out every single person who has purchased yeah. a piece of art. They would publicly yeah. print it. They would they would lambast him in the media It'd uh -huh. be all over uh, political talk shows on TV and radio. They would not let that go away. And yet Hunter Biden, I'm not saying what he's doing is illegal, but man, does it smell fishy? I mean, well, no, they know they know how to get around the laws. They do. They know what the laws are. And they know how to get around it. Right. It's how you spread the money. They, he can't go work for Burisma. That no. has been burned. So what are they doing? They handed Hunter Biden a paintbrush. Yeah. Said, go at it, Hunter. And now they're putting it up for sale. And people are going to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for this art. Well, what are they getting in return? <laughs> Nothing. But bad. And that's not bad. And some of it looks nice. But you could find something that looks just as nice from Hobby Lobby. And you pay 20 bucks. Yeah. Huh? I mean, I'd go to a, a starving artist instead of some guy who is busy yeah. smoking crack in his house with a bunch of what appears to be underage people. You know, I would whoa, just, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, what did I say? Whoa. It wasn't just his house. Hunter Biden also smoked crack in his car. Let's get okay. it right. I'm sorry. Um, Let's get it right. I'm, I'm I don't want to get fact down. No, it's, it's okay. Hunter, I'll write that down. All right. Okay. Hunter Biden in his also book. Also smoked crack when, in his when, car. Is that illegal? When, yes. Yes, and Hunter it Biden, is. the crack pipe was discovered in a rental car. I believe it was in Florida that Hunter, Hunter Biden just like got in an accident and abandoned. Um, he'd never yeah, forget crack pipe. anything. All right, first off, he'd never forget a crack pipe in a car. He'd also never forget that he dropped off a computer somewhere. So I think, yeah, I think we're <clears throat> this all this stuff has to be made up. It has to be, right? Yeah, but no, I have to correct it because okay. he did do it in the car because that's how we got the carpet surfing, the, uh, the Parmesan cheese, because he would eat this, the, he would put Parmesan cheese on all of his pizza. He'd eat it in the car and then it would get into the carpet fibers of the car. So Hunter Biden was, was not going through his, I mean, maybe he did it in his house too, the house carpet. He was actually going through the dingy car carpet fibers searching for crack. So yeah, he, he is a crack what? smoker in the house. What a he is role a crack model. smoker in the car. I know. What, a I, I, what an I, artist. What an artist. What this an is all he's, just a, he's a drug addled artist. This is all Perfect. just performance art the whole time. The whole time. It's all just performance art. I hope he gets an Academy yeah. Award. No, what kind of award did they give for artists? Like the the, the how to fry a crack egg in a bowl artist? Ooh, maybe we should make I, like, I, our t-shirt. There, there's awards you get those. added to different collections. You get put right. into different exhibits. Um, he get award. I, okay. I think this whole thing has been one performance art piece. You might be right. Right? I mean, that that was why he put the gun in the dumpster. That was performance art. He's talking about the, the current state of our school system. Okay. So he put yeah. a gun in a school zone to have that commentary about declining schools. Hmm. It makes complete sense. Hmm. Can we get him uh, nominated for an art prize? I mean, can we write into somebody and say, hey, <laughs> we really like this? I mean, maybe like, uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch on here. I'm afraid to say them because I didn't, you know, if they're actually legitimate places that give awards, I really don't want to sully them with Hunter Biden, but they might like it. You know, but if we could nominate him for one, I think we should make that a thing. We'll, we'll nominate yeah. him for his performance piece on how to smoke crack from Parmesan cheese 
from the floorboard of his car. Yeah, there's no like Nobel, it. there's no Nobel Prize for art, but we should make it because uh, he deserves make it. an award. And maybe I'll invite him out. It. I'll personally hand it to him if we did. He'll want to do a live with us. He'll want to. He loves us. Oh, he yeah. has to. I mean, he would oh, totally. do it in a second. <clears throat> hey, did you get that picture that I sent you of the uh, of Joe Biden doing the uh, door to door checks? It was too creepy. It was too creepy. No, I, I I brought it in just in case. Do you want me to show everybody? I mean, sure. All right, sure. gang. I found this one. This is actually Joe Biden. Who's uh, if you've ever heard of him, he's a guy that ran for president and somehow got elected. But this he is also how he, house sits inside Colorado hotels. He does, and uh, it turns out this is him in Colorado asking people if they got their vaccine. So, but he also was like, <laughs> have, have, you, <laughs> "Have you had your, you know, the thing?" The thing. <laughs> yeah, that that that's what Hunter Biden's door to door will look like Ooh. for sure Boy, hatchet God. to the door Biden all right well creepy looking dude that's all i'm saying well let, let's uh let, let's play the next cut because we've kind of set it up but <clears throat> hunter Biden's art this is jen saki trying to circle back and claim that it's okay for hunter biden to sell his art let's play cut 13. Mm-hmm. did the white house play any role in crafting the sales agreement with the new york gallery um to protect the uh, the purchasers or the ultimate purchaser's identity? Well, I, I can tell you that after careful consideration, a system has been established that allows for Hunter Biden to work in his profession within reasonable safeguards. Uh, of course, he has the right to pursue an artistic career, just like any child of a president has the right to pursue a career. Uh, but all interactions regarding the selling of art and the setting of prices uh, will be handled by a professional gallerist adhering to the highest industry standards. And any offer out of the normal course would be rejected out of hand. And the gallerist will not share information about buyers or prospective buyers, including their identities with Hunter Biden or the administration, which provides quite a level of protection and transparency. The right. gallery owner is a private citizen who might not be privy to who might have some interests in purchasing this artwork. <coughs> is the White House doing anything to work with the owner to make sure um, there's not impropriety there when it is ultimately sold? Well, I think it would be challenging for an anonymous person who we don't know and Hunter Biden doesn't know to have influence. So that's a protection. Go ahead. <laughs> what so, is that crap? First of all, profession. Hunter Biden picked up an art brush a couple weeks ago, but he has the right to profession. He does. <laughs> but he was sniffing <clears throat> he the is, paint first. I'm sorry. He is the, the jack of all trades of the Biden family. Apparently, he is a expert in Ukrainian petroleum development, 100%. but also a world-class artist. 100%. She says none of none of the prices outside the norm will be accepted, but he's looking to get from his entire collection $500,000. Isn't it also weird that <laughs> uh, she would say we're, we're hiding the identities to prevent any sort of impropriety, you know, the appearance of improprieties? What? Yes. Why, why would you say that? I mean, well, it's, it, well, it's like admitting that, that it's improper. Let's break this down. Okay, let's say I paint uh, you, you paint a piece of art. Okay. You paint some art and you okay. sell it mm-hmm. and you sell it to me, but it's anonymous. You don't know it that I bought it, right? That's, they're yeah. claiming that that is the best course of action. But the reason that's the worst course of action is because then the public doesn't know who bought it. Right. And the public, if all of a sudden you were to give some big favor to a corporation, right? Mm-hmm. The public wouldn't be able to connect that the art purchase happened right before the corporate um, giveaway. So imagine this. Imagine this. Hunter Biden gets 500 grand okay. for his paintings. Someone buys okay. all of it. They hang it up in their dining room. Okay. Then out of nowhere, Hunter Biden gets an invitation for a dinner party at that same. person's house. Okay. Sits in the dining room, sees uh-huh. all of his art on the wall, understands he just got paid 500 grand. And the guy says, okay, uh, listen what you're going to do for me. No, it all be coincidence. Lays on the ass. He's above that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. He's above it. But then we'd never know that that meeting happened. And even if we knew that meeting happened, we never know that that guy bought the art. So yeah. the way to actually protect this, I mean, she's right. He, you can't just stop him from selling his art. He has the right, right. to do it. He can do that. <clears throat> but the solution is transparency, full transparency, full transparency of who bought it, what their what their business interests are, and a full transparency of the White House visitor logs, all that, so that we can put the pieces together. Because when you hide the identity all that accomplishes is hiding our ability hmm. to put those pieces together. 
So let me run a hypothetical past you. If Donald Trump just owned sure. art and sold it to a bunch of anonymous people when he was president, do you think they would have reported that as quid yes. pro quo kind of stuff? So why yes. is it different? Why, why, is, why is Hunter Biden getting a pass now? Well, it's, it's not just that. I mean, their whole idea of valuable consideration, of fair consideration, he is not a famous artist. No. He's not. He, he, he is art. He it fame. looks nice. It, it's not ugly, right? It looks it looks aesthetically pleasing, right? There aren't any complex themes, any complex techniques. He's just a guy with a paintbrush making some canvases that look a little pretty. It's not a five hundred dollar, five hundred thousand uh, no, dollar collection. All. No, right? <clears throat> so it's very obvious. I mean, what? Maybe fifty bucks a painting? I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, it's it's for the market to decide, but it's not true free market principles when mm. there there is these other considerations involved right he only got paid to work at Prisma because of his last name he admitted that on tape he is only getting 500 grand for his collection because of his last name and that should terrify all of us because they figured out a way to just completely Subvert legalize the, the whole thing money laundering yeah so does the uh, art house know who the buyer is they will know okay so Who's to say that one hypothetically couldn't walk up to the, the art house and say, hey, there's these anonymous buyers that would love my art. Here's the list. Yeah, they could. I mean, there's, yeah. there's so much that could go wrong with this that yeah. it's kind of scary. And then the fact that they would just kind of brush it aside is, oh, he can make his own living and we're going to hide it from yeah. you. That way it doesn't look like it's inappropriate. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's now, inappropriate. The solution is, is full transparency so that we can see who's buying it see how much they're paying for each piece yes <laughs> so we can hold them accountable if Absolutely. all of a sudden government favors start coming down for their business interests that's that's the true way that's the true way but i mean it, any any prosecutor with half a brain can look at this and open investigations this you, oh, yeah, you know absolutely. you can see it but they won't do it but they why won't, won't they do it man that's the thing is why won't they do it, they won't do it. i mean a whole bunch of people from <clears throat> you know bar do does nothing right and he's got all that in front yeah. of him it's like everybody's too scared to go after yeah. this or they're too deep into it to go after it. And I don't know which yeah. is which because we don't know who has their fingers in what. We don't know what promises yeah. are made to people. There's all kinds of backdoor deals that happen every darn day with this stuff. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And now it, we're it, it really, it really Can, ooh, Do you think we should do an art piece? We'll put it up for sale. We'll put it up for auction. I like that. Let's do I it. Like that. We should. And then um, maybe we'll find some sort of charity to give something away to that way we can help vets or something because oh, i'm no. always asking it's going right into my bank account oh, it, oh so you're gonna keep it for us okay oh, yeah, yeah. okay so we'll call it the hunter <laughs> biden art festival or at least art something like that and then we'll just make some some really crappy art i mean some really good art and then we'll put it like up for that. sale from anonymous donors I like that. and the people in the d live and all that maybe we can do like a little auction and then you know we'll, we'll have a fun delivery uh, then we'll do yeah. some video on how we I made like it all let's do it Joe can do what one, if we also one. what if we also took collections from viewers so there's no reason that hunter biden would be the only should be the only one to get paid for his yeah. profession yeah you all are yeah. professional artists too please do it. this would be fun this would be fun i want <laughs> we this. could be we could be the brokerage house send us your art and, and we'll, we'll sell, sell it, it for you absolutely I mean, we're going to get a cut because obviously that's what, you know, every art house does. It's how oh, of course. Business. Of I mean, course. So we got to do it. But of course. yeah, let's... We're, we have professions too. Well, I, I'm an artist. I mean, technically we're performance artists. Yeah. I mean, we yeah, are yeah, doing yeah. this. We're performance artists. Oh, I'm yeah. a voice actor. Oh. Oh, I think we do this. I, we'll comment even section let... is concerned. Comment yeah. section is concerned that it'll all be penis art. Um, uh, I'm not going well, that's in that your, direction that, that's myself. That's your key motif. That's your key motif. You've, you've you've spent decades studying the phallus. All of your art tends to have some phallus influence. Mine? <laughs> I'm making it up. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, like, I studied anthropology, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was like cave paintings <clears throat> and cave art. Yeah. What are you talking about? There could be a bunch of swirls and like hashtags on a on a canvas. <laughs> no, actually, if I was to paint anything, it'd be like in the Bob Ross style because that dude had talent. Hunter Biden, on the yeah. other hand, has connections he has connections he has connections but i can't wait to see what max jr does right because his dinosaur oh, art is no good oh no uh, yeah amazing. maybe no, his dinosaur art is is on point so and yeah. then we'll get michael we'll see what good old little mikey could create you know maybe a couple hand paintings you know something 
maybe spell out dad. He can spell now, right? No. Yeah, yeah he's fine. He's he probably like really smart, so he'll be able to spell your name. And then uh, maybe we'll do a conservative daily one where we like paint a mural of us. It's going to be great. I want to be an artist, too. Do you think we get 500 Gs for yeah. what we do? Maybe. Maybe we could. Because, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to get, you know, the house gets 10%. The rest goes to the artist on the sale. I'm buying a new house. How about the, how about the artist gets 10% and, and the house gets 90? <laughs> no, that's how Joe Biden works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's true. Too. What's the big guy going to get? <laughs> yeah, well, you gotta get 10 yeah we got to get 90% for the big guy. Yeah, yeah, ninety percent for the big guy, ten percent for us, and we'll just keep making it for him. So, well, Josh, I th I think you're being a little bit too no, I'm too, being serious, um, bashful. Your art is amazing. Yes, it has phallic influences. You're like the reverse Frida Kahlo. What everything what? you paint just somehow looks like a penis. Huh. Yeah. Well, thank you for paying attention to all the work I do. You know, I, I know when I sent you my portfolio, it was going to be worth it. <laughs> the reverse Frida Kahlo. <laughs> yeah, no, there is not a time to penis like on the internet yeah. when it comes to our art. We'll, we'll actually make it um, relatively cool. Maybe I'll do a still still life of something here in Colorado, like the majestic <laughs> mountains, you know, all that beautiful America stuff instead of crack pipes and. Hopefully. Yeah, so this is interesting. I think we should do this. I think we should do some yeah. kind of art thing um, where everyone paints something, and then uh, and then we sell it off. Let's, let's I, I see like how much we get. We could even put it on. Um, our store too, right? Because if we got a few, I mean, we've got to do more than one. We just can't stop at one. I mean, do you think yeah, Hunter yeah. Biden's going to stop at one? No, he's no, going to he sell. Has, he has a whole collection. Yeah, and you know, after he's done with that collection, he'll move on to a new one. That'll be worth half a million dollars. I mean, he's just going to keep doing it until you know he cuts his ear off. And or, or is that? No, it's a different artist. It's a different artist. That was but, a big uh Someone in the comments section says that we should paint Mount Rushmore, but with Trump's face. And that one yeah, I really like, like. Now I don't. I think, think you're I have over that capacity. <clears throat> you're overestimating my artistic talents. <laughs> I'm, hope, I'm hoping all of us. I mean, that would be half of it. People would be like, did Mike, <laughs> did Max Junior do this one? No, that's actually Josh's. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's Josh. Yeah. <laughs> that one is Max's, and they're like, oh. Uh, <laughs> I do off. think there's something nice about it. I do think there's something nice about it. If it's unapologetically, we're just keeping the money. Yeah, I I, I, I do think I'm there's okay something nice that about that. I was thinking about like a charity, <laughs> but then you were like Hunter Biden. No, it was Hunter Biden. Maybe we do charity. I don't know. No, we're gonna figure I, it out. Maybe I kind of want to go get a Jeep now that you know you and Joe have been talking so much stuff. I mean, maybe we should maybe we should do a yeah. collection to get Josh a Jeep. Heck, I'll put Conservative Daily all over the side. We'll yeah. Paint it. I'll drive it around. People will probably shoot at me for it. <laughs> Van Gogh. Yes, Van Gogh cut his yeah. ear off. So. Well, we're going to think about this. We're, we're going to work on it. If uh -oh. you want to get involved in our gallery, the Facebook stream just went collection. yellow on me, meaning that they uh -oh. didn't like what we had to say. So mm. it happens like that. We get on a subject and suddenly Facebook's like, oh, guess yeah. what? You're getting <laughs> throttled. Man, they don't crazy. like that we are talking about quite literally laundering money through bad art. <laughs> But it's a real thing, though. It's not like we're lying. Yeah. It's not like we're making it up. We're just, you know, saying Hunter Biden is. Yeah. Oh, it's back. All right. Yeah. So maybe it was just. It's back. Blurb. It was a blurb. All right. It was a blurb. All, right. all right. Well, we've talked about art for too long. We got other things I, we got to talk I'm about. I'm moving on. All right. Um, all What's right. Next. All right. Um, we got. Oh man, this is this is a bad one. They've re, they've dredged up a quote from Joe Biden, that's a, pretty much about as anti Haiti as it gets. Um, anyone who hasn't been watching the news, the Haitian president was assassinated. Last week, um, his, his wife was brought to the U.S. for medical treatment in like a big show of generosity. Like, oh, no, bring her here for medical treatment. Well, it turns out that Joe Biden doesn't like Haiti and doesn't believe that Haiti would ever be in the United States interest. Let's play this cut. cut. This is cut 14. There. <clears throat> clip of the president in 1994 when he was a senator comparing uh, the situation in Haiti to the then ongoing Bosnian war in which he said something to the effect of, you know, he called it a god-awful thing to say, but he said Haiti could sink into the Caribbean Sea or rise 300 feet in the air. 
then it wouldn't matter to American interests. Does he stand by that view today, or has he changed his view on him? Well, I would say first the fact that he is now sitting as President of the United States. He issued a statement in his voice yesterday about the horrific killing of the President, and he's made clear uh, to uh, the administration, administration officials, that we are stand ready to assist in any way they need, whether it's in the investigation or other federal assistance we can offer from here, uh, sends you a clear message about uh, his uh, care and concern for the people of Haiti. Go ahead, Kelly. So that's a long way of explaining that, that he no longer is so racist, he believes Haiti would never be in our interest. <laughs> Notice how she just kind of like skirts around that? Yeah, yeah. Whoop. I mean, I don't care if it falls in or goes up. <clears throat> we just uh, we just don't like Haiti here. So yeah. Joe Biden for you. Wow. Yeah, it's almost like that quote should have come out before the election. Almost like well, that quote should have come out during the Democrat primary uh -huh. by one of his opponents yes. who wanted to stop him from winning South Carolina. A great yes. way of doing it would be look at what he said about this black country of Haiti. That would be a very good way to stop him from winning South Carolina. But they didn't dredge it up. Well, Joe Biden never said anything un unbecoming of anybody from Haiti or anywhere. He's never said anything racist yeah. that I'm aware of, according to um, the masters of the universe. So I'm there. I'm sure that was just a, a comment taken out of context. Out of context, yeah. It was out of context. It was out of context. The Man, entire Haitian pack, island could, job. could disappear. Entire, entire, well, not, you can't do the whole island because Haiti is only half of the island. Uh, yeah. But if just Haiti disappeared, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't hurt the United States at all. That's very, very racist. That sounds so cold, very. too. I mean, it just shows you that deep down, I mean, what does he really care about? Does he care about people? The answer is no. I mean, if you make yeah. comments like that, you know, you got to know where a person sits before yeah. they tell you where they stand. And the dude is sitting in a big pile of crap, if you ask me. He is. And you know who else is sitting in a big pile of crap? Kamala Harris. Oh. Kamala oh. Harris was asked late last week whether she would be willing to compromise with the right and to agree to have voter ID, like an election compromise. Okay, you want to do your election things? All right, we'll do that. And then we'll also make sure that every voter has to have an ID. She was asked about that, and her re her response, stunning. I don't, I'm, not, I'm, not even, I'm not even gonna try and do it justice. You just gotta listen to this. Let's play cut number 15. Is agreeing to voter ID one of those compromises that you'd support? I don't think that we should underestimate what that could mean. Because in some people's mind, that means, well, you're gonna have to um, Xerox or, or, or photocopy your ID to send it in to prove you are who you are. Well, there are a whole lot of people, especially people who live in rural communities, who don't, there's no Kinko's, there's no Office Max near them. People have to understand that when we're talking about voter ID laws, be clear about who you have in mind and what would be required of them to prove who they are. Of course people have to prove who they are but not in a way that makes it them it almost impossible for them to prove who they are. So you heard it there. Oh. We don't want voter ID laws because people in rural areas can't photocopy their IDs. Also, Kinko's hasn't existed since 2008. I've used them though. It has not, no, they're FedEx office. Oh, they rebranded. Oh yeah. You there's, there's not been a Kinko's in the United States since 2008. So, a little yeah, dated. You're right. I haven't seen one in a long a time. A little dated. A little dated. It's, they're now all called FedEx Office. Hmm. Um, so so are, her comments a little dated. So but, she's saying people um, are too dumb to photocopy. But not even just racial, just rural areas people. are too dumb. Or it's they're really... too dumb to buy a scanner, buy a printer. I, I, I have a printer. I mean, for the longest time, I, I was going to FedEx Office. Yeah, yeah. Whenever, for tax day, right? I would go print out my forms, write all down, go to the go to the post office a couple doors down and mail it out. Um, but this year I just said, screw it. I'm just going to get my own printer. Got a printer. Totally. Right. Um, so I, I get it. Not everyone has a printer. I get that. But it's eight cents to go to FedEx Kinko's and to have them print out a copy of something for you. Right? Eight cents. It's just, it's not, not hard to do. And anybody who's bought a house or any sort of, you know, major purchase has always had to produce documents. They've had to make copies. I mean, this isn't like this is stuff that ha people haven't done before. And there's plenty of help yeah. out there. I mean, there's. I just think she thinks people are too dumb to do it. Yes, That's, it's, absolutely. It's the, the bigotry of low expectations. You know, all these changes we want to see on the right isn't because 
We want to make it harder for people to vote. We want to make it harder for people to cheat. Yeah. Yeah. If you, that's for all sure. we want. That's all we want. I just don't want them cheating at elections anymore. I, I said it. I'm sorry. Maybe I just got us banned. Did that get us banned? Yeah. Did that comment? It might have. It might have. I was though. trying to find. I was trying to find oh, just, just how many FedEx offices there are. Can't the map won't give me the whole. There's too many. I was going to say they're many. all over the place. They're I inside like every Walmart. So I mean that that's yeah. the craziness of this. Like oh, if you live in a rural area, you can't do it. No, chances are your Walmart has one inside of it. There's 500 FedEx offices inside of Walmarts alone. And if you want the around competition, the country. <laughs> I would I would introduce you to the UPS store. Their direct yeah. competitor. No, but I mean, it, it. we can't have voter ID because People rural Americans can't figure out how to sense. photocopy. Right. They're too dumb. Can't, don't know how to scan. Don't know how to take a picture and send it in. It's, it's too dumb. Too yeah, dumb. It, it, too dumb. Hmm. Too dumb. Well, That's why maybe, we have to have unsecure elections. Well, maybe they're just going to take away my right to vote altogether because they can't trust me with the vote. I mean, if I'm too dumb to actually yeah. get ready for the vote, I might be too dumb to actually vote. Maybe the next step is that they just tell me how to vote. Yeah. But then yeah. I'd be in Cuba, uh, wouldn't I? Yeah. Uh, Kalo uh, in the DLive comment section says, rural areas are apparently still in 1920. Yes, they are still flappers. There, there are still flappers, oh, I miss the flappers in rural areas. <laughs> it was the hats. It was the hats and the, that music. And, yeah. you know, at the time they were drinking that ruthless stuff <clears throat> called alcohol because that was illegal because <clears throat> the federal government thought they knew what was best for you by getting rid of alcohol. <clears throat> How well did that turn, you know, go for everybody? It just made a bunch of really rich men out of gangsters and the Kennedys, essentially. Yeah. So I'm just basically, saying. she's saying all of rural Amer rural America is like a big Great Gatsby party. Oh. No, no photocopiers, no scanners. That's gonna be a lot nothing. of fun. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I mean, there's also a lot of drugs, but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, at least they're listening to stuff on their radios still. You know. That's I mean, true. That's that's everything. I wonder if they even. Ooh, do you think they have color TVs out there? And this is an interesting part of her argument. Usually they say in, in inner cities, you can't get your ID, which is even stupider because yes, there, there's many opportunities in inner city to get photocopies. Yeah. They're saying that the reason we can't have voter ID is because of a minority of Americans who live in rural areas and predominantly Republicans. So she's actually flipping this and saying that it's the Republicans fault because Republicans can't get their IDs. That's why we can't have voter ID. Again, it's so obvious that she's full of crap. I don't want to spend too much time diving into it, but uh, she's full of crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm there with you. It, it just kind of reminds me of when uh, the Republicans were saying defund the police. I mean, Democrats were saying defund the police. I mean, the Republicans were saying defund the police. They can't get the story right. That's all I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. Just, so we're almost out of time. Before we go, I want to actually say something, talk about something I agree with Joe Biden on. Shocker. There's okay, something, and it's I'm, not I'm even. Gonna, no, no, not going to let that happen. I got to let you go now. No, this isn't even this isn't even like a joke. There's no there's no spoof here. Joe Biden said something that I generally agree with, and if he wasn't so so crazy, he might be able to get me on board with some of this. But he made a comment about non compete clauses in contracts that I found very interesting, and I actually tend to agree with him on this. Shocker! We're, we're, sometimes we agree with wow. things Democrats say. You're Don't agree with Democrats. Person. Just sometimes we agree with what they say. I want to play this, and I want to explain why I agree with what he's saying. Let's play cut number 17. I'm not going to go into it now, but I used to talk about, you know, there's non-compete clauses or people running um, uh, the machines that lay down asphalt. If, in fact, you uh, get offered a job and you have a, you know, you're in uh, Arkansas doing it, a lot of specific examples, you can't take a job in West Texas to do it. What in the hell does that have to do with anything? No, I'm serious. Or there were clauses in McDonald's contracts. You can't leave Burger King to go to McDonald's. Come on. Is there a trade secret about what's inside that patty? <laughs> no, but I'm serious. No, it's the secret sauce. He got it wrong. It's the secret sauce. It's the sauce. But this is something that it's, it's, it's an interesting conversation. I, th I believe that if you bring if you are hired because of expertise right for example you did radio before you came and became our producer right indeed yes i did you've you've spent years honing your craft learning how to do radio right Thank you. i mean yeah aside from the phallic art you're very good at what you do 
Um, <clears throat> the point being that if you were to leave and go somewhere else, I don't believe that our company would have any leg to stand on to say that you have no right to continue being a radio producer because we mm -hmm. hired you because of your expertise. Mm -hmm. We didn't teach you how to be a radio producer. I think that if you came here completely green and, and our company taught you everything you know, then our company would have a leg to stand and say, hey, we told you, we taught you how to do it. We have a right to say you can't go to our competitor and use everything we taught you against us. But if you enter into some, uh, a contract with expertise and you're hired because of that expertise, I agree with what Joe Biden's saying that it is unreasonable for, for, for you to be a contractor and the term of your contract being you cannot use that trade anywhere else. Right. You, you can't put down asphalt. If you're putting down asphalt in one state, mm -hmm. you're not allowed to put asphalt down in another state when you came in already know, know, knowing well, how to do, to do the yeah. work. Right. I, mean, I, I have a master's degree um, in, in political science. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't there. There are some parts of non competes that would work for me. But ultimately, I got that master's degree in political science. I'm allowed to work in that field, right? I, I've achieved an advanced degree. Should I ever want to go anywhere else, which I don't, but should I ever want to? Um, so I, I think it's an interesting conversation Joe Biden's making, even if he doesn't mean to be making it. I, I don't think it applies to the burger flippers. No, <clears throat> like probably not. If, if McDonald's teaches you how to flip a burger, McDonald's has a vested interest in you not going next door to flip burgers for Burger King. Because McDonald's believes they're doing it better, they don't want Burger Absolutely. King to learn the secrets. I think it's a, a little bit disingenuous to say that you're teaching them a lot of trade secrets, but it's still a legitimate argument. If you hired someone, though, who has been working in a kitchen for 20 years, and they become your burger flipper, and then you fire them, you can't just demand that they change their profession. Indeed. You can't. I, I think there's been a lot of case law already protecting that, right? Because you can't... Yeah. I mean, once you start a non-compete, you're telling a person who has a skill that they've come with that they're no longer allowed to make a living just because you worked for them, as though it was a privilege working for you, and that pri privilege ends the moment that you quit, right? Yeah, yeah. And that, that's not the case. I mean, I, a ton of case law on that. There was a case, one that jumped out at me in Colorado. It actually went to the Colorado Supreme Court. There was a dentist who had joined a practice, and they, he'd gone to dental school. He got his his diploma on the wall. He joined a practice. Well, that ended up falling apart. No longer a name partner. He got booted, but he had a non-compete clause that he couldn't do dental work anywhere in the state of Colorado. That it was somehow it was a violation of the non-compete for him to be taking his dentistry degree and abusing anywhere in Colorado. Now, I guess he could work and move to another state, but he lives in Colorado. Yeah, he should have the right to fix people's teeth in Colorado. Where he wants. Supreme Court turned it down and said, you have no right to assign a non-compete to someone with an advanced degree, with advanced training, or with, with, an, with a legitimate skill set that they've honed over years. Um, so uh, this is a moment where I'm kind of shocked to say it. I, I tend to agree with Joe Biden. Now, he's probably going to go overboard in classic Joe Biden fashion. He's probably going to try and get rid of all non-competes, which is not a good idea. No. Because when a company teaches an employee something, especially a trade secret, they should have every right to stop that employee from going to their competitors. So I fully expect that he's going to overdo this, that he is going to uh, go too far. Oh, but in terms of just that one did. conversation, mm -hmm. in terms of that one conversation, something I actually remarkably agree with Joe Biden on. Uh, I'm going to agree with you in that they always find a way to take something that could be good and find a way to ruin it. Yeah. And that's Every what time. we're going to do here. I mean, there's nothing they haven't touched that hasn't just just gone completely super left and down the toilet. The last like, bit before we go, because we're yeah. running out of time. The last bit. Did you see that Democrats are starting to complain that not enough lower income Americans can afford a home anymore? And that we need to have we need to have a program to help put lower income Americans in expensive homes. Have you seen that? They're actually talking about it. No, they're but, actually talking about it. Oh, my gosh. What's <clears throat> what happens when you start cranking up minimum wages? The we already have the bubble. The, yeah. Maybe we talk about this tomorrow. Maybe maybe we talk about the Ooh. credit squeeze that's going on. Yes. Um, banks are starting to shut down lines of credit. Absolutely. Um, because to, to protect themselves so they don't have to lend out more money than they can afford. Lots of real warning signs with the with housing economy, with the debt mm -hmm. economy. Um, maybe that's tomorrow. But uh, yeah, no, they're actually talking about creating a new government program to help people get into homes that they can't afford. 
that sound that has disaster written all over it. It does. It has disaster written all over it. I mean, but I they're will... doing it through the lens of race. They're saying it's not fair that African Americans can't afford a home. Which, sure, that that cannot that you say that's not fair. But are we going to do something that's going to tank the housing market? To do it, sounds like they are. Yeah, right. The price of my home like is, you know, the prices of homes are way up too. On top of that, so you know, you've got all these people that'll be saying this is exactly what we need, Joe Biden, and the, and people are going to fall follow and step with him and you're going to be yeah. an awful racist if you don't believe that we should give away housing to people oh by the way your house may not be worth virtually anything once a program like that kicks in because if anybody at any income level can purchase a house then your home's pretty much worthless congratulations yeah. all that <clears throat> yeah time and money you spent into making your life better will be gone because the government thinks you need to be fair yeah so maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow okay um it's, it's a fascinating topic the credit squeeze how um, what I think it was uh, was it Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo I think it's Wells Fargo that's just cut half of their um, of their not their business credit their personal credit they're getting they want to get out of the business of lending people money because they don't want to have all those open lines of credit so that if there is a crash they don't want to they won't have enough cash on hand to yeah. survive really terrifying terrifying stuff. Yeah, I'm seeing it on CNBC right now. Wells Fargo tells customers it's shuttering all personal lines of credit. And that was oh. July, July 8th, 2021. So that was... I thought it was half. They're, they're uh, shuttering all. all. That's even all. scarier. Right. That means there's not going to be no liquidity <laughs> at all for people to take loans. And, and yeah. they're really anticipating a, as a bank. I mean, that's a warning sign. That's saying the, they're waiting for something they're really They're anticipating a cash crunch. They're yeah. anticipating a cash crunch. They're anticipating Ooh. loot... They let's we'll break it down tomorrow. But basically, yeah, they are anticipating all of these houses going belly up, them owning these assets that they don't have anything to do with, that they can't sell and actually cash out on, and they're anticipating having to spend a large amount of money to prop up what they're what they own, which they never really, no bank really wants to own everyone's house, right? right? No one, no, no, that's they insane. Want the, they want to make the interest, <laughs> so they expect to have to have a lot of cash on hand. Which means they're not expecting that because the economy is going to get better. They're expecting it because it's going to get worse. Well, thank you, Miss Bruce, for filling in yeah, towards well, the end with moments. me. Um, I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit. Still not completely 100%, but I do appreciate it, Miss Bruce or Josh, for, for stepping buddy. in. And, and if Joe's out tomorrow, well, I'll pick your brain on on this uh, economic yeah, the, stuff. This, this uh, credit crunch is something I want to talk about, too, because <clears> there, there's so many things yeah. down the line that we aren't going to realize from this. So that'll be tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Josh. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like producer Josh Cam, make sure you tell us in the comment section. Make sure you tell us. You can also make sure you sign up for our email newsletter. I'm going to be sending out a fax blast after this podcast, like half an hour after the podcast, focusing on the Hunter Biden art because we got to stop this, right? They're funneling money right into the Biden family. It's 10% going right to the big guy. We got to stop it. So if you join our email list, Link in the description. You'll get that update when that fax blast goes out. You can also text the word FREEDOM to 89517, and you'll get a text alert when we go live. That way you're not waiting on big tech like Facebook or, or any of the other uh, platforms to notify you. You'll get that text right in your inbox. Check out all the links in the description. Make sure you sign up for the audio version of the podcast. I'm not going to read them all out, but they're all there. Very important. That's how we prove the numbers to our advertisers. Even if you watch live, they care about audio downloads. So please do check those out if you haven't already. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My voice is failing. <coughs> so remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.